1: This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. What's new? It's the
2: news, the new noise. What's going on in the world, the good, the bad, and the sometimes ridiculous. We're going to cover it all for you right here today. It's back. It's new noise on the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro. And I'm joined by the anchor man of all anchormen, the man who's gonna bring us the news today, Mr. Chris Sinzak. You ready to lay it on us?
0: That's right. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs>
2: there you go. Now you're in the mood. So what's been going on with you, man?
0: I'll just same old, same old dive, i you know, putting up putting actually something together kind of rock and pod related for uh this July. I wanted to give a quick mention to you know I, I you know a lot of you guys know that we pushed rock and pod to april of 2023 and we'll have official announcements about, about that coming soon i'm working out you know final paperwork and stuff but i had a lot of people that you know podcasters and non-podcasters that were like oh we still want to come to nashville this year can you put something together so i uh tracy mcandrew who you know is without her rock and pod would not exist um she came up with a great idea and i'm helping her run with it and it's called the rock and pod retreat for 2022 and uh it's been it was announced about a week ago uh it's going to happen july saturday july 23rd here in nashville and it, it worked out really well because the way it worked out is everything once you're once you're there in the morning basically everything is within a five minute walk from each other. So once you're there, you're there all day. The big part of the morning is going to be like speakers and guest workshops and stuff. And that's going to be kind of podcast centric. So if you're a podcaster or content creator, this is for you.
2: Okay. Who, who do you got talking at that?
0: Well, I announced today with Larry Roberts is going to be there. He, uh, he spoke at rock and pod last year. He's a best selling author, podcast coach. He's great at um, getting you better with your branding learning how to brand your podcast, expand your audience. I've got uh, Susan Thompson, who was a, uh, she's a PR expert. She's a PR agent. And a lot of big issues with podcasters is getting guests and getting PR agents to listen to you and, you know, connect you with guests that you want to interview. She's going to be part of it. I'm working on a few more speakers right now. I can't announce right now, but um, we're going to have special guests talking at that. And the morning will start at Bowie's downtown on 3rd Avenue. It's right in the heart of downtown. We'll have speaking sessions from you know 9 in the morning all the way till about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Your lunch will be included if you register for this. And then from there, we're going to walk over. It's, like, it's a, literally a five-minute walk to the Musician's Hall of Fame, uh, which is in Municipal Auditorium, which is a big historic venue here in Nashville. Yeah. And we'll have a guided tour. Uh, Jay McDowell, who's the curator of the museum, also ex-member of BR549, he's been a Rocket Pod guest in the past. Um, he's gonna give us a private tour of the musicians hall of fame. And this place is insane. It's got like gear, stage you know, clothing, all kinds of stuff that was used on your favorite records, favorite concerts, uh, not just country, rock and roll, R and B. There's it's it covers all music. And uh I've toured this place twice and it's incredible. It's like the play. anytime I have friends coming into town, I say go to the musicians hall of fame. So we'll do that for a couple hours. Then we'll all walk back, five minute walk, back to Bowie's. And then we have an awesome concert with Power Slave, the Iron Maiden Experience. These guys are amazing. Yes.
2: Yeah, they are.
0: And uh, Terry, who's the singer, I've known Terry for like 20 years now. Terry used to sing in a local band called Valhalla, and every time anyone would see Valhalla that hadn't seen him before, they were like, oh, my God, that guy sounds like Bruce Dickinson. Nice. um, You will not believe the pipes that this guy has, and you'll think that Bruce Dickinson is up on stage. They're really, really good. Um, They do a full Iron Maiden tribute show, and then opening for them will be our good friend Greg Mangus, Sandy Gennaro, and rock united doing uh lots of great 70s rock and metal cover songs to open They're the awesome. show and that'll be yeah, at Bowie's. So good. and you'll get all three all three of those things well ha- you'll get your whole day covered for 100 bucks a person and uh just uh, go to rockandpod.com i've got links to all the, the to the uh the whole thing also if you're not a podcaster a lot of you listening are not podcasters but you come to rock and pod every year and you want to hang out with everybody um, the museum tour is going to be something you could take along with us. You'll you know, you'll obviously pay through the museum for that, but then the concert also is open to the public. So, you know, you can spend most of the day with everybody. So there's also a separate link for just the concert as well. So feel free to come to Nashville, July 23rd and hang out with us. It's going to be a great, not great time.
2: Man, that sounds awesome. A whole day planned out all rock and roll, hanging out with podcasters And like you said, if you're a podcaster, I mean, there's always room to improve, you know, and the people that you learn from can be invaluable to you. And it sounds like you've got some great people, some very smart people lined up to give some good advice for the thing. And then, you know, you can't beat the Hall of Fame because like you said, you know, it was awesome. We were talking off air. There was even a little Ace Fraley item (laughs) sighting in there. So maybe you can line up some kind of prize or something for whoever spots Ace Fraley first.
0: That's a good idea. Yeah. And I... At
2: the... uh, At the Hall of Fame,
0: and I'll mention that you know a lot of the podcast. You know, we do have a lot of podcasters that do listen and content creators. Um, A lot of you guys that come to Rock and Pot every year, you miss out on like the education track that we do because of you know you'll be busy doing interviews all day. So this is kind of a way to not have to worry about that and just go ahead and take in everything you need and get valuable tips and stuff. So it's a way to do that. It's also a way to reconnect with everybody this year since we didn't have an expo. We can still get together and hang out. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun.
2: Heck, yeah. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, well, that sounds like a pretty good day to kick it all off, you know. Spend some time with some cool people, learn a little something about history and podcasting, and then party with two awesome bands that night, all right here in Music City. And that's just one night, so you come to town town for the weekend— You got one day taken. The rest of it, you can do whatever you want and have all kinds of fun around here.
0: Yeah, and most importantly, you get to hang out with Aaron and me.
2: That's right. Most importantly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we took up a little extra time with that, but that's okay because we ain't got no reviews.
0: Nope, not this week. (laughs) It's kind of soon after the release of the last episode.
2: Yeah, that's all right. You guys keep them coming in. You know how much we love them. If you give them five stars, we'll read them on the show. Pod Chaser. Apple Podcasts, reviews, Facebook recommendations. Help us out.
0: Yeah, or else Aaron's going to cry again. You don't want that.
2: Yeah, it's been a long time since I had to break out the Kleenex, so let's, let's, not, get, let's not get that going again. I didn't <laughs> like that. But, you know, last week we had a lot of fun. We did what we do best. We proved to the world that hard rock and classic-style metal is still alive and well in 2022 by showcasing 10 of the hottest new rock acts out there. Last week on Fresh Blood, so proud of ourselves, so proud of the bands that we played. We got such a great response to so many of them.
0: Yeah, it was great. We you know, already got great feedback on that one. And uh, one person in particular said that they're excited that they got uh, hooked up with Lydia's Castle. They, they love yeah. that new stuff. So yeah, I'm ex- excited that we could turn you onto some new music.
2: Yeah, I saw some awesome comments for Battering Ram yep. and Flickertail. Good stuff. We did great. We picked a lot of great bands to showcase. And I always think it's funny. Like, I wonder, like, one day a band member wakes up and goes, I don't know what happened, but overnight we got, like, 200 more Facebook likes.
0: <laughs> that's the goal.
2: Yeah, exactly. I hope that's, that's the way I imagine it. I hope that's the way it really is. Yeah, for sure. So whenever we come out with a new episode, like the one you're hearing today, New Noise, we always make the announcement on our Facebook page. What? You're not in with us on the Facebook? We got a page. Go like it. Once you like it, follow it up. Get the notifications. You'll know every time something new is going on, whether it's an announcement for a Friday Night Live. Yeah, we're doing one this week. Maybe it's an announcement saying Aaron Camaro is going to be making an appearance on a wrestling show. I guess since you're plugging stuff, I'll plug stuff, too. Let me open this up one time. <laughs> I'm going to be on the Pro Wrestling Zone. We can review with Rick Del Santo and Marcel Williams. That's this Thursday night, 8 o'clock Central Time. 9 o'clock where they are, I guess. Look up PWZ. It's a podcast. They got good stars. Looks fun. It's going to be a good time. Our friend Buddy Baker hooked me up on that one. So it's going to be live streaming. and if you can't catch it on the live stream, you can always check us out later on when they release it as a podcast. So, you know, that's where you find out about stuff like that. You keep up with what's going on with Decibel Geeks by simply giving it a like. Then what you can do if you want to get even more involved is join up with the Decibel Geek Facebook community. That's a group on Facebook made up of nothing but the most awesome people, They don't care about nothing but rock and roll when they're talking in the Decibel Geek community. All kinds of cool stuff being shared back and forth. They do the same thing we do. They find new awesome bands, they share them on there. That's what it's all about, you know. Keep it going around. You might find your new favorite band on somebody else's recommendation, or you can find an awesome band and recommend them to everybody else. Talk about the current happenings in rock and roll like we're doing today, and just have a good time with like-minded people In the decibel geek community so when we come out with a new episode we release the news on the Facebook page or our Twitter account now when you see that you go damn that's awesome new episode decibel geek I got to retweet it I got to share it and get the word out about what's going on over here and when you do that it compiles into a list of awesomeness that is our geeks of the week
0: Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, Rock and Ron Runyon, Mark Alden-Taylor, Mark and Jerry B.S. Sessions, Freeform Rock Podcast, Jay Shabluski, Rob Webb, Kevin Williams, and Obscuria Podcast, Matt Porter, Simon Cat, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Pantheon Podcast, The Bakery Podcast, Aaron Baker, David Glenn, Darren Parkin, Mike Parnell, John Phillips, Paul Korn, Jason Warden, Shay Hargett, Shane Bear, Kristen Schimbeck, David Cathy, Will Honeycutt, Vet Halen, Ernesto Aguiar, Keith Rockford, Joseph Capone, Scott Crouch, and as always... The The Mooger Mooger Fugger.
2: Oh yeah, right on the money. Those are our people, our awesome friends. They just want to tell you about what's going on. It's the Decibel Geek Podcast. They're talking about rock and roll and they love it just as much as you do. You ought to be listening to it and getting involved in the conversation yourselves. Thank you to everybody that shares and retweets our episodes. That's why you're Geeks of the Week. That's why we love you so much. We are a proud part of Pantheon Podcasts. It's Pantheon, right? You think about that, like the Greek gods, and they're all up in the mountaintops on Mount Olympus, and the clouds are floating by, and you get up there, and there's BJ Kahuna, and there's Bako, and there's Chris Sinzak. It's the Pantheon, you know? We're all hanging out together because Pantheon has gone out, and they have recruited the best of the best podcasts, all the best rock podcasts, all the best country and rap and Weezer, and so many other different kinds of podcasts. They went out and found the very best. They put them all in one place. That place is Pantheon Podcast. If you're looking for something new, something you may not have even known existed, odds are you're going to find it on Pantheon. Like I said, check out their roster. They got all kinds of amazing podcasts. You're going to find other ones like us that you love a lot.
0: Yeah, well, I hate you right now because now you've made me picture you and bj and bako in togas and i togas, really yeah, don't appreciate the,
2: that the little uh, f- uh leaf things on our heads it's oh, awesome
0: not, okay i thought you meant leafs on something loose else. loose cannons playing a harp scary <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's trying to create our new beat the geek theme song
0: oh yeah all right. So we're ready to talk some news.
2: Yes. What's going on in the world of rock and roll. Let's see. What do you got?
0: Well, let's start on a bummer note. Cause this just came out today. Um, founding autograph bassist Randy Rand
2: passed away today. I saw that man. That sucks.
0: I don't know what, um, <clears throat> I don't, I'm not sure what it was that happened. They just said that at the time of death, he was surrounded by his, uh, his wife and his family. But, uh, I don't know. Autograph, I, I never fully got into Autograph. Did, were you a fan of them?
2: Well, I mean, when I got the news from Steve Szlepski today, that's how I found out about it, and then I was on Facebook and I saw Jimmy Bell was talking about him because I guess they had done something together. Mm-hmm. But Autograph, I mean, Turn Up the Radio, of course. Right. You know, everybody knew that one. That's a great song, man, it just kind of jams. And at the time, you know, it's like nowadays you come out with a song and be like, don't turn on the radio. But back then, you wanted to turn it up, you know, really loud because they were playing cool stuff, like Autograph. But as far as, like, really into them, I never really was until I got a little bit older. And then I started, you know, like like most things, started doing the Decibel Geek podcast and saw so many people that were really into them that I started doing, you know, keeping my eyes open for CDs by them when I'd, when I'd be out hunting and find them every so often and listen to it and dig it, you know, and say, man, this is a band... Probably should have listened to more. You know, it's way more than just the one song, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, the f- I mean, the few times I've, you know, Jimmy Bell's a great player, and I, I there was a few times I did kind of dive in a little bit on him. I, I liked what I heard. I just, these are kind of one of those bands you have a blind spot for. Like, obviously, Turn Up the Radio is a staple. I mean, that song still gets a lot of airplay, but. Uh...
2: What's funny is I actually knew Jimmy Bell by his solo stuff before I even knew he was in Autograph. Oh, did you? Yeah, I come across some of his solo stuff years ago and really liked it. And then, like, recently realized, you know, oh, shit, that's the same guy from Autograph.
0: It's one of those bands that probably should have had a better shake than they did in the 80s. I mean, that one song was kind of it for them, you know. But
2: That's funny, though, because you think, you know, you get the one big hit song, then usually, especially back then, you know, a big video on MTV, that's the kickoff of something, but you know, it's funny that they were never able to, it was really, that's, they're kind of known as a one hit wonder. And that's, it's kind of a bummer.
0: This is a stirring tribute. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, no, uh, well, I know know, the Steve Plunkett, the guy that was the singer, he went on to do the theme for the TV show, seventh heaven. Do you remember the show seventh heaven?
2: Uh, I don't, I, maybe, I mean, I, think i know what you're talking about i don't think i watched it
0: <laughs> I, I didn't really either i would remember it though like jessica beale was on it and then the the guy playing the dad wound oh, up being a pedophile yeah but, i remember uh,
2: jessica beale
0: but uh it was uh it's like it was kind of a christian based family show i guess but yeah like steve plunkett wrote the theme song for that and wound up making a fortune off of it but uh wow i don't know autograph it's went on over that, the years
2: it's funny that a show like that would have a heavy metal theme song <clears throat>
0: It was definitely not a heavy metal song. <laughs> Go look it up on YouTube. You'll be like, oh, that's the guy. Um, Turn up this TV show. Yeah, no, that sounded nothing like that. Um,
2: it's seventh heaven. It's
0: yeah. really awesome. Yeah, this is like the worst eulogy ever for a guy with an autograph. Um, but no, I, just, I saw it today, and I was like, we should make mention of it. And um, Yeah, if you're an autograph fan... Um, send us a list on in the comment section of like what songs we should check out by autograph because i'm really kind of i have a blind spot to them for sure let's move on um matt sorum says the disintegration of gnr use your illusion lineup was nobody's fault he says it's nobody's fault really the band was way too big at the time there's a lot of people with their paws in the pie a lot of distractions too much money and too much too many drugs and alcohol
2: I think it'd probably be more accurate to say it was everybody's fault than to say it was nobody's fault.
0: It's and G and is an interesting band because you know, Appetite was so big at the time and then when User Illusion came out, it was they were just epically big. You you couldn't get away from them. But um
2: And you didn't want to because they were awesome. I'm I'm grateful that I was able to witness that because like when G and R first came out. I was kind of rebellious to it because I was still kind of at my, you know, kiss is number one, you know, and I really don't care about too much else. Mm-hmm. And Guns Roses came out and they were fucking massive and everybody's wearing G&R shirts and everybody's got an appetite. And I go, yeah, you know, they're all right. They're no kiss. And everyone would be like, fuck you.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but then eventually, you know, you listen to the album and you, you got to accept it because it is amazing And then loved it. Loved Guns N' Roses. You know, even though it's something everybody else loves, I got to love it too because it's just that damn good. And when Use Your Illusion came out, man, that was a big deal. You know, I remember going the day it came out to get it. You know, going with friends that were buying their own copies of it, you know, and loved it, man. It was great to be alive in those days.
0: It's almost, it's kind of funny. They were influenced by the New York Dolls and like the the New York Dolls album title seems apropos for their situation, you know, too much too soon. These guys were very young and then when Appetite blew up, they became the biggest band in the world almost mm-hmm. overnight. How do you handle that when you're what, 23, 24 going through that at the time and then and I do, you know, I've try I'm, I'm trying to give Axel a little bit more slack over, you know, in hindsight because he kind of has explained over the last few years that he got swindled by a lot of bad actors at the time like you know he got pulled into like this cult-like stuff going on when they got big and um people were messing with his head so i try to cut him some slack obviously his ego did get giant i mean but i mean anyone's would at that age but
2: sure yeah and you gotta again you know 20 some years old You know, it's easy for us old guys to look at it and be like, well, you should have done this. You should have done that. You know, we've lived our lives and I'm sure if Axel looks back, I'm sure there's a million things he'd have done differently, you know, but you're young, you know, I can't imagine being that age and, and having everything, everything you could want at the snap of fingers
0: and MTV really made kings out of those guys. I mean, like MTV yeah. latched on and launched them. MTV was a big part of Guns N' Roses' early success in my opinion. Yeah, um,
2: cuz every time Kurt Loder would break through with MTV news, it'd be something about Guns N' Roses.
0: Yeah, and they were the poster boys for rock and roll at the time. And you know, Motley yeah. was Motley kind of hit their peak around the same time. And that was the whole Motley and Axel feud and all that stuff, but but I think Guns N' Roses they they kind of broke through outside the hair metal confines and they became like a pop, they were big on a pop level too. I mean you got to look at the whole enormity of the whole thing and then <clears throat> you know Use Your Illusion comes out <clears throat> and I do think Axel was you know reading his own press a lot because I think. You could cut several songs off that record off that double record and make it a single record that would be just awesome because yeah. there is there is filler on those records um, oh for sure but uh you know and
2: it's always fun whenever I think uh I think Cobras and Fire did it like a long time ago, and we always talked about doing it is take that and turn it into a discussion turn use your illusions 1 and 2 into one album cuz everybody's album is going to be a little different based on what they like. right I always thought we should do that sometime.
0: This is one of those things where as a person in their 40s now, I kind of I kind of get like where what he was going through. So um I'm not as hateful on Axel as I used to be, but uh I don't know GNR I maybe Matt's right here. I mean cuz everybody wanted to blame Axel for any issues back in the day, but I mean throw drug addiction into the mix on all these guys. Yeah and money, and ego, and fame, and of course it's going to blow up. That's just the way it works, you know.
2: Yeah, even with all the drugs and alcohol, it's hard to hold it together when you're at that level, i got to imagine. And then add all that crazy shit into the mix, too, and it's bound to fail.
0: The next story, speaking of uh, tour mates from the User Illusion Tour, Metallica was in the news this week. (laughs) This cracked me up. Uh, Apparently... James Hetfield is still fuming over the load and reload album cover artwork. <laughs>
2: hmm. He didn't like it.
0: He did not like it. I mean, you know what? You do know what that what those album covers are, right?
2: Uh, jizz and blood is what I was always yes. told.
0: It's cow blood and semen. And uh, at the, is it this, also
2: cow? Is it also cow semen?
0: No, uh, the semen is from the artist Andres Serrano. Uh, who who uh, the album. And I don't know what, it, I don't want to know what he did I with that cow, believe, but, but yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> no. Oh, wow. I never, um, I did not know that. I never, until this moment ever thought, I wonder where the come for the album cover, co- where the come for the album cover came from.
0: Yeah. It was from a photo titled piss and blood 26. Wow. Um, in a new interview with Metal Hammer, Serrano was asked what the reaction was from Metallica's fan base and the band to the to the album covers. He said, "I think the images were a hit. I read a review once where the Load album was named number one on a list of best album covers. Who the fuck put that list together?" <laughs> um,
2: it came down to rock and roll over and Load. Hmm, yeah, no shit. Uh, let's give it to
0: Load. He says we know Lars and Kirk were happy with it, but James was not. I think James is still fuming, and. uh James calls those the Wilderness Years from for Metallica, and uh, he says the whole "We need to reinvent ourselves" topic was up. Image isn't an evil thing to me, but if the image isn't you, it doesn't make much sense. And uh, he says that he thought that Kirk and Lars were after a YouTube kind of vibe, Bono doing his alter ego. I couldn't get into it. I would say at least half the pictures that were in th- that were to be in the booklet I yanked out. The cover went against what I was feeling. Lars and Kirk were very into abstract art, pretending they were gay. I think they they knew it bugged me. I think the cover of Load was just a piss take all around that. I just went along with all this crazy, stupid shit.
2: I I believe that.
0: (laughs) And then, of course, they interviewed, you know, in another interview with Lars, he goes, they asked him about his favorite album cover. I'm not much for favorites, the Load and Reload albums with the amazing pieces by Andres Serrano. They will always hold a special place in my heart. So of course oh, Lars man. loves them. That's wild. Yeah.
2: I wonder what they would have looked like if James would have done it. Been like a flaming demon or something yeah, on the cover.
0: A skull driving a hot rod or some shit. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it just shows how different James and Lars and Kirk are, you know. But um So
2: waiting for the story to come out about how Lars and Kurt snuck up on him and cut his hair one night.
0: Yeah, I got to think that James wasn't really on board with the whole cutting the hair thing. He doesn't... I, he doesn't,
2: I wonder about that.
0: He doesn't seem like he would have been into that, but I don't know. It was like you know we, he,
2: but we all have to do it, or none of us can do it, and we're all doing it, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. I mean, that, I wouldn't be shocked if that was the case, but I, I mean, I don't know. I just, you know, and I saw some Metallic fans were kind of pissed at James over this because, you know fans back in the day. And I remember me and several of my friends were like, what the fuck is Metallica doing with this? But James defended it to the hilt back in the day. And everybody's I mean, like, oh, now to. you have a problem with it.
2: Yeah. At the time, I mean, you kind of got to, though. You know, you can't be like, Oh well, yeah, we got this new album coming out. It's called Load. I hate it.
0: All right. The other yeah. guys
2: love it. Or oh, they're acting gay. I don't know what their problem is. It sucks. <laughs> don't buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: i never liked those album covers myself i thought they were stupid looking but um and i well actually my problem wasn't so much the cow semen the cow blood and semen or whatever but it was the the way they fucked up the metallica logo on those album yeah
2: covers. the logo sucks
0: It's like why would you update such a classic logo
2: because like you said you know they're trying to reinvent themselves at the time you know what and They, you know, it worked. It really did. I mean, look at the younger kids that came out at that time when, you know, they weren't around for the classic Metallica, the really, really heavy shit before the Black album. It kind of helped keep them relevant, kept them on MTV.
0: Yeah, it was the right move. I mean, success-wise, I I think they played it just right because they kind of became a hard rock band.
2: Right, and then later on... Return to their classic form of playing really heavy music again. So, yeah, you know, you gotta sometimes you gotta go away a little bit to make people miss you. And I know a lot of people when those albums came out, they were really missing their classic Metallica. Yeah, but it's all good because in a couple of years after that, they come start coming out with new albums again, and it's heavy shit and it's awesome.
0: I'll tell you though, I. I didn't. I didn't have the outrage as much outrage as other f- friends of mine that were Metallica fans did. Um, <clears throat> because I still think I think Hero of the Day and King Nothing and um, yeah, I Disappear I, those are good, good songs. songs
2: on those albums for sure.
0: You know, I eat, even some of the lighter stuff on those records are well written, well performed songs. I mean, they're not. I mean, if you're going to listen to you know And Justice for All and then that, of course, that's going to be different, but. You can't blame them. They probably felt like they were cornered into a box, and it's like, let's just do what the fuck we want to do, because they had made enough fuck you money at that point where they could do whatever record they wanted to do.
2: Totally, and whatever they came out with, people were going to buy it.
0: Staying on kind of on the Metallica subject, uh, Jason Newstead was back in the news this week. Did you uh, see all this stuff about the possible Van Halen tribute thing he was involved in?
2: Yeah, I saw some stuff that people were talking about David Lee Roth was maybe in on it and Alex was all about it. And they were talking to Joe Satriani mm-hmm. and I could never make any of it. If any of it was 100% or not, or if it's just, you know, people talking.
0: No, it's confirmed. Yeah. Um, apparent. And this is the weirdest thing because like Alex Van Halen is like a hermit. Like he never any, once Eddie died, I was like, we're never going to hear from Alex again. He's not going to do anything. He's not going to do any Van Halen stuff. But it turns out he was kind of the guy turning the knobs on this whole thing. And it all started with Newstead saying, and he did an interview with, uh, the Palm Beach post and, you know, Newstead's got this thing called the chop house band, which is kind of like a outlaw country thing he does. And, um, but they'll do like two or three shows a year, usually in Florida, and it's always a benefit show to like put instruments in kids' hands and stuff. It's always charitable stuff to help push music, but because Newstead doesn't have doesn't need the money, um, you know he's he's saved his money, you know he's got the, that uh,
2: load and reload money.
0: You know he's trying to push this whole, and I feel bad for him because you know he's really pissed off. Well, at the same, I feel bad for him, and I don't because he it's one of those things where like if you're being recorded. It's going to be on the record. So he was being recorded for this interview, and at the end of the interview... Especially if you're
2: he, saying something earth-shattering.
0: At the end of the interview, he just flippantly throws out, oh, yeah, I got contacted by Alex Van Halen to try to get together with him and Joe Satriani to uh, do this Van Halen All-Star tribute thing. And mentions that um, he was going to that he was going to be the bass player for it and then he turned it down I guess because he felt it was too much of a cash grab and then Satriani came hmm. out like a few days later and it confirmed it he goes yeah it was actually in the works which I thought was pretty wild and, um, and you know and Satriani definitely could play all that stuff in my opinion though why it would have made more sense to go to Steve Vai yeah that's the David same Roth thing I connection.
2: thought too exactly
0: um, I was a little surprised that Vi wasn't the person contacted, but then David Lee Roth did on it. Did you see his quote?
2: No. What did he say?
0: Van Halen News Desk, which, you know, they're kind of like the place to find Van Halen News. They And they're, yeah. they've released exclusive stuff from Dave before. They went ahead and contacted him and said, do you want to chime in on this whole thing? And he emailed them the following statement. He goes, in my mind, Van Halen in the age of COVID is going to require two of us for every position, Satriani and Lukather, Anthony and Newstead, Al or Tommy Lee. Probably the only one who could do my job today would be pink.
2: Oh, I did see that. Cause I thought that's pretty cool. Oh, pink. Yeah. What?
0: <laughs> Although I could see her doing that stuff. I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I just I love Dave. He always has an interesting answer for everything. But yeah, I guess this thing was actually in the works. So I not Maybe it's still going to happen. I'm not the one thing that I thought was interesting though was there's no mention of Wolfie here. Are they leaving him out of this?
2: I think he doesn't want nothing to do with it. Is what I read. Yeah, I, I read some from t- him, and he said I don't want nothing to do with that.
0: Obviously, you can't call it Van Halen. I mean, you'd have to No,
2: it would have to be, you know, the Van Halen tribute, Eddie Van Halen tribute experience or whatever. How would you do it? I mean, so you got Alex Van Halen. He can still play clearly wants to still play. You know, that's Mm. I guess the bottom line in this whole thing is Alex don't want to stay home. He wants to get out there and play. So then, I mean, why not Michael Anthony?
0: I think he well, that's the thing. That's a weird thing. So, So Roth was the only one who brought up Michael Anthony. So they reached out to Newstead instead of him. And I I thought that was weird. And maybe this goes back to the whole feud with Sammy because they don't want Sammy involved. To me, it's got to be, you know, the original three guys. And then you just rotate out who plays Ed's parts, but you do it as a, like an homage to Eddie Van Halen.
2: Yeah. You could do multiple cities and have different guitar players, have three different guitar players for every show
0: yeah you
2: maybe like maybe you don't know who it's gonna be till you get there that'd be pretty cool
0: that would be cool too you call it the van halen legacy show or something you
1: know
2: yeah yeah you show up and you got like ace fraley and slash and you know somebody else comes out steve Vai, you know comes out and the three of them each do a handful of songs that'd be awesome and you don't you don't know who it is till you get there
0: i'd love to see it i mean i and yeah, maybe it is a cash grab, but at the same time, there was, you know, the, so far there's never been anything properly done to pay tribute to Eddie Van Halen since he passed.
2: Yeah. You know? And, but the other problem with that is, you know, what about Dave? Dave's right. You know, it's, he ain't going to be able to do it by himself. And I don't like yeah. the alternative.
0: Well, I don't think, I don't think this is something that should be a tour. I think it could be like a one time show do a stadium show and have all kinds of special guests come out, but do it as a one-time thing, make it a pay-per-view or whatever. But I wouldn't make it a traveling road show. I don't, I think that's too much.
2: Here's what I propose. David Lee Roth, Michael Anthony, Alex Van Halen, three different awesome guitar players, halftime of the Super Bowl.
0: Oh, that would be fucking awesome.
2: That's my suggestion right there.
0: Well, as soon as Van Halen releases a hip hop album, I'm sure the Super Bowl (laughs) will come calling.
2: Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Bad idea. Yeah.
0: Featuring The Weeknd. Yeah. Speaking of
2: stuff like that, you know, I'm a little mad at Mick Jagger. It's new noise. You know, this is something recent. (laughs) Mick Jagger says the future of rock and roll is in the hands of not one of the bands we played last week on Fresh Blood nope. or have ever played on Fresh Blood. The future of rock and roll is in the hands of Machine Gun Kelly and Young oh, Blood. A, now, uh, to be honest with you, mind. I have no idea who Young Blood is, but based on his recommendation of Machine Gun Kelly, I think this, it can't be good. So I go, well, you know, it's Mick Jagger. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Let me check it out and at least see what it is. It's, it's not, Mick. It's not.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have. I mean, I, it was a, I saw something with Machine Gun Kelly. He was on Howard Stern this past week, I think. And he did, um, what song did he? He did a cover of Aerials by System of a Down with his band. Oh, God, yes. I saw that. Oh. so bad. He made no attempt to actually hit the notes. It was just he just grumbled no. through the whole thing. It was off. I mean, if you're gonna make a System of a Down song sound uninteresting, that's really saying something.
2: Yeah, pretty bad. I mean, yeah, yeah and the microphone, dude. You put your mouth by the microphone when you're singing or speaking. He's just kind of yeah. over here mumbling about this and that. And he's come and he's like,
0: here. He goes. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll give the fuck. I'll give Miley Cyrus more credit for crossing over to rock music than I will Machine Gun Kelly.
2: That's funny because we talked about that at the time when those came out that year and we said, you know, well, did Machine Gun Kelly or uh, Miley Cyrus make your top 10 of the year?
0: (laughs) Well, it didn't make the top 10. No, but I mean, I think what she did was a little bit more genuine than what he's doing.
2: Yeah, I'd say.
0: I think he, I mean, well, it's funny. And I, there's a, there's a YouTuber I watch named Stevie T and he's like a, he's a young millennial in uh, Canada, but he's an amazing guitar player and he does a lot of rock and metal based videos and it's always comedy stuff. But he did a, in a video called we need to talk about machine gun Kelly. And, uh, he was, uh, and he, he made an interesting theory where he was like, you know, machine gun Kelly was big in the hip hop game. And then he started making fun of Eminem and, hip-hop fans got really pissed at him and kind of ran him out of the hip-hop industry. And now he's been making fun of Corey Taylor and Slipknot for the past year and trying to do that music. Yeah. And, you know, Slipknot fans and metal fans are, are hate his guts now, so his theory is that they're going to run him out of metal, and the next thing he's going to do is try to go country and insult <laughs> Dolly Parton. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's that seems yeah. like mathematically a correct statement.
0: Yeah. So I never thought we'd touch on Machine Gun Kelly on this show, but we've done it. <laughs>
2: ah, dang. That's terrible, man. Machine Gun Kelly, the coolest he's ever been, was yeah. when he was getting paid to pretend to be Tommy Lee.
0: Yeah, well, he was great in that movie. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, him in that's that.
2: about the only thing I really like him as, you know. Yeah.
0: No, yeah. He, uh, he had Tommy Lee down really well. Yeah. But like a pretend to be a douchebag, no problem. Um <laughs> Ah,
2: it's the news <laughs> it's
0: the news alright uh, some more s- sad news this week uh, Cynthia Plaster Caster died at 74 this year this This week
2: I saw that if you don't know you're probably not a KISS fan but Gene Simmons wrote a song in tribute to her even though I guess the word is, is that he never got to actually get his uh, cast made
0: no he didn't and I saw her in an interview said that she was confused by that because she's like, why is he writing a song about me? I've never done him. But, uh, you know, she uh, she cast Jimi Hendrix and several other famous people, the Rolling Stones. and are uh,
2: talking about their penises. Uh, it's a great it's idea. Hard, I mean, you, it's something I don't think anybody else thought of before then. You know what I was just thinking would be cool is if I got like this plaster cast kit. We got this stuff. You know, what if I like, took it with me to concerts you know tried to meet the rock stars tell them i want to make a plaster cast of their penis they're gonna think it's cool they're gonna let us hang out they're gonna do their drugs with us it's gonna be awesome what an idea and it actually worked like imagine that in other situations like uh you're in hollywood or something you want to meet your favorite actor and so you you show up and be like hey listen you know my name is aaron i got this plaster cast and i really want to get in here and meet Megan Fox, you know. So, here's what I propose. I got my plaster caster kit and I will make casts of her boobies. What do you say? Come on in, you
0: know. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah.
2: Um it's just that nobody wants to be on the shelf standing next to Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> Not me. <laughs>
0: Stereotypes galore <laughs> this week on Deathwolge. Um okay, so speaking of awkward, uh did you see the Queens news that came back this week? No, uh uh-uh. uh. So I guess Scott Rockenfield is uh suing the band and I don't know if you heard about this whole story, but like I guess, you know, he was in the band through like twenty eighteen and then he took paternity leave and now oh, he's claiming pregnant? Well, he, his wife did. Um, oh,
2: okay. All right. Hey, you never know nowadays.
0: Well, she took maternity leave. He took paternity leave. Um, okay, but, I got you. But he uh, he left the band for a while and was taking time off to, like, you know, be with his new kid and everything. And then, according to him, you know, they cut him out of the band. And, like, he is owed money for all kinds of merchandise and all kinds of stuff. Huh. But uh, And he put, like, a Queensryche 2021 site up last year, making it sound like he was starting his own version of the band. It was like, was it good Lord, we need another Queensryche. It was confusing. But then, like, I guess uh, Michael Wilton and Eddie Jackson fired back at him and um, countersued him.
2: Oh, wow. Holy shit. <laughs> it's getting serious now.
0: Yeah, it's gotten ugly. And, from I mean, I, after reading through this whole thing, I kind of... I kind of side with Queensryche on this because it sounds like to me that he was just being wishy-washy and they, they gave him every opportunity to play on that album, the verdict that came out and, you know, Todd Latore wound up playing drums on the whole record. Oh, wow. They, you know, from at least from what they're saying, like they gave him every opportunity. They'd set up conference calls. They set up meetings and everything. And he just kept kind of ghosting them. It's gotten really ugly. But uh, the the way I view it, it seems like Scott Rockenfield's kind of lost his mind.
2: Yeah, and, uh, I mean, at history. first it seemed like, well, I mean, I get it. You you just had a new baby, you want to spend some time, you know, all that. But then when it comes time to record the new album, you think, okay, you know, come here, or we'll come to you, or however it's got to work, and, uh, you know, let's record the new album, then you can go home for a while, and then we'll go on tour, and then you can go home for a while, you know, because it's not like... Queensryche's touring nonstop nowadays. You know, they probably go on runs here and there. But, you know, you'd think, okay, you know, let's go hit the studio. Unless it was something like, hey, I'm going on paternity leave, and then the next week they call and go, hey, we're recording the new album.
0: Yeah, well, the the, the most interesting part of this whole thing that came out with this legal paperwork that got released somehow to the public was that, they, you know, they had reached a financial settlement with Jeff Tate over the whole name thing back in 2014 yeah, and part of that though was that Scott Rockenfield Eddie Jackson and Michael Wilton had to secure a loan from a third party lender that would be used to pay Jeff Tate a lump sum of the entire amount agreed upon with the settlement and basically the way and they put like their houses and cars and everything up for collateral
2: so Tate loses all rights to use that name whatsoever
0: yeah that's that's how they won the name and But the problem is you've only got Michael and Eddie out there work because they, they, they put that up as collateral, but they're going on tour and trying to make as much money as they can on tour to pay that loan payment. Right. And if that loan payment falls through, then that collateral gets taken away and they lose their stuff. But
2: don't, didn't Scott Rockenfield also invest into this?
0: He so did. Then why,
2: yeah, that doesn't make much sense then.
0: So. He's not a part of the band, so therefore he's not working and making any money towards that loan payment. So you can't blame those guys for being pissed off at him. And also part of the – it was like music gear and stuff that Scott Rockenfield had put up as part of the uh, collateral for the loan. Um, And the the agreement was you're not allowed to sell any of this stuff that's up as collateral, obviously, because it needs to get seized if we don't make our Mm -hmm. payments. Scott Rockenfield went ahead and sold all that stuff. What the fuck? Yeah, so it's like they he, he really left those guys twisting in the wind here.
2: I mean, if you're doing that, you better be selling that stuff and then putting all the money towards the bill.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's really ugly. It's messed up. And so then, yeah. they
2: could end up losing after doing all that, losing the Queensright name and their homes.
0: Or I mean, they'll at least lose the collateral to to cover that loan. Yeah, everybody's like, oh well, Queensqueensright they've had big hits and you know they they should be be fine. It's it's They're not as well off as you think. No, a
2: lot of these bands, unless you're, you know, at the upper, upper levels, you know, they rely on touring probably now more than ever just to survive, just to keep it going. You know, and I know Queensryche's got a lot of fans, but they're not selling out arenas or anything like that. No. Mm -hmm. So even if you're not a huge Queensryche fan and they're coming to town, go see them, if nothing else, to try to help them.
0: Yeah, and then this article also says that at one point, um, Scott Rockenfield intentionally and wrongfully withdrew $10,000 in cash from Reich without permission and for his own personal use.
2: Oh, shit. That's, yeah, yeah you're fired.
0: That's real bad. Yeah. That's
2: um, automatic dismissal. You're stealing from the company.
0: You ready for the no shit headline of the week? Yes. Gene Simmons on Kiss's upcoming end of the road shows. This is going to be the last tour. We're done. (laughs) Oh, shit.
2: Well, you got to say it over and over again at this point because there's been so many times in the past you've said it and then it wasn't what it was, you know. Farewell, honest.
0: Yeah, but I mean, God, they're in their 70s now. It's it's over. (laughs) like,
2: come on, Gene. You're going to milk it for one more after this, aren't you? No, this is it. This is really the last one. Come on, Gene. You've been saying that for the last twenty-five years. You're going on one more after this. You're gonna. Everybody's gonna think this is the end, but then it's gonna actually be the end. You're gonna hit them all. I promise you, this is the end. We're not doing no more. We can't do it. Come on, Gene. You know you gotta. You know who else? You know who else is left standing? That can deliver a show like Kiss, even crippled Kiss nowadays. You know,
0: crippled, crippled with a K. Yeah,
2: crippled. That's what I mean. Exactly. That's what I. (laughs) That's why I envisioned when I said it. It's, you know, these guys are old men. They're crippled up, and they need to, you need to let them go. You know, let them go. If you love Kiss, you will set them free.
0: Yeah, I love this quote. The last thing you want to do is be a guy that stays in the ring too long and gets his ass beat. Get out of the ring when you're a champion. Um, Hey Gene 2005 called
2: It's gotta be over soon I just you know this is the thing that makes me nervous is that you know everybody for so long has been talking about what's the last show gonna be is it gonna be something that blows everybody's minds if it really truly is the last kiss show are they gonna pull out all the stops and bring back all the important people that were a part of it are they just gonna go out with a whimper All right, you know here we are in, in you know New Haven and you know, this is the last show, and good night, goodbye.
0: I saw an interesting thing. Um, this made me look at something differently. Um, John 5 was on Eddie Trunk recently. Do you remember in the early 2000s a video of <clears throat> John 5 when he was in Marilyn Manson uh, getting into it with Manson on stage and, like, getting ready to put his dukes up and ready to punch him?
2: You know, it's been a long time, but that rings a bell. That sounds familiar. I think I do remember seeing something like that a long time ago.
0: It's a crazy video, and it's like it like Manson is fucking with him, and like he throws his guitar on the ground and puts his f- fist up, and he's ready to like fucking fight. Yeah, him. yeah. And then like I remember watching it at the time, going, "Man, Manson must be a real asshole," especially because like John Five's known as like one of the nicest guys in the business. Yeah. Um, but like he went on Trunk show and actually kind of explained it, which it was interesting to finally hear. He says, "What happened was my sister passed away. My sister died unexpectedly." And I was shocked. I was in Europe and coming down the stairs off a stage after a concert, and they told me my sister died. I was in a state of shock. You just go into a state of shock, and here's the strange thing that happened to me. I didn't sleep for days and days and days. I just wasn't tired. And I remember going to the band members' rooms going, I can't sleep. I just can't sleep. I haven't slept now in two days. He says, so fast forward to Rock Am Ring, And what Manson did, that happened all the time. He didn't do anything wrong. I just snapped. It was weird. I went nuts. Wow. I didn't even remember. I just snapped, and I feel terrible watching it now because it really was my fault. Wow. You can't really hear what he's saying, obviously, but he's saying, pick up your guitar. Because it looks like he's going, come on, come on. But he's saying, pick up your guitar, pick up your guitar, because he knew what was going on. And I feel horrible about it, but it was just a bad situation at the time. Wow, It was terrible because he was so nice during that time and all that stuff. I was in such a weird place, and it was just a bad time. I don't even remember it happening. It was just terrible. So Manson, not the villain in this story.
2: Wow. And for a long time, I bet you people watched that and thought, you know, oh, Marilyn Manson's fucking with him, and he just couldn't take it no more, you know, and probably that Marilyn Manson's an asshole to him all the time. And that's a crazy story.
0: It just shows you, you really don't know what you're seeing online sometimes, and then you hear the context, and you're like, yeah. oh, wow, it's actually not exact, not at all what I thought it was.
2: And that's cool that after all those years, way back in 2003, somebody thought, you know, you ought to ask him about that. That was a weird thing.
0: Yeah. So, well, hats off to Eddie Trunk for bringing yeah, that one up. that's cause a good I, I question. Because, d- yeah, I've never heard him comment on that whole video, and that video always fascinated me. I'm like, what the fuck happened to make John 5 snap like that? You know, because he's not that type of guy like it's interesting to hear his side of that but yeah like you know of course there's plenty of other stuff to pick on manson about but not that one yeah it's wild that's awesome so a couple more stories and then we'll get out of here um richie faulkner commented on the new judas priest album said it's completely written we just need to record it properly
2: heck yeah bring it on if it's anything like firepower i'm ready
0: Well, I'm wondering how it's going to be because, you know, they've, him and Glenn have both done interviews over the last few months and they both kind of said that it's not going to be exactly like firepower because Judas Priest always tries to do something different with each album and there might be more progressive elements on this one. So I'm like, Oh God, what does that mean? Oh boy. Um, but I don't know. Oh God, please. No. (laughs) Um, yeah, I hope that's not the case. Uh, but, I, but I've also heard uh, Richie say that it has more of like a sin-after-sin-stained-class type sound. To hey, it. So, now we're talking. So I'm hoping it's a little bit more of the 70s priest yeah. sound. I, I would be down for that for sure.
2: Hell yeah, that's my favorite era Judas Priest.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad they're not trying to do Painkiller over and over again. You yeah. know, that's, I mean, that, that that album's great and all, but like, let's do something different.
2: Right, because the last album was cool because it had different elements that would sound like they fit into different eras of Priest. You know, they're like, let's write a song that sounds like it would have came off this album, and then let's write a song that sounds like it would have came off of this album. You know, And you can kind of pick them apart a little bit and go, oh, that would totally fit on this, and that would totally fit on that. And that seems like a good formula because then you get a little something for all eras of Priest fans, right. except the well, ones that like Nostradamus.
0: Yeah, and like I'll tell you, I was uh, I listen to Priest all the time, but I I went back because Firepower has really occupied a lot of my listening for Priest stuff lately. But I did go back a few days ago and I listened to Redeemer of Souls and. When Firepower came out, I remember I kind of immediately discarded Redeemer of Souls. Like, oh, it's nothing compared to Firepower. And it's not as good as Firepower. But I was like, man, there's actually some really good songs on this record. So that's one if you're a a listener and you're a Priest fan, go back and listen to that album. Because there's actually really good stuff on there. I think the production hurt that record a lot. I need to
2: uh, do that, too. I haven't listened to that one in forever.
0: It's actually a lot of good stuff on there. And I was kind of like, I was very fast to discount this record after Firepower came out. So Good stuff.
2: All right. I got one. There was a, I don't know if you know this or not. As we record this, it's the three-year anniversary of Rockin' Ron's War with Rat Pack Records. You remember Uh that?
0: (laughs) Unfortunately, yeah.
2: (laughs) I saw the post today came up, and man, Ron was fiery back then. And He was ready to go to war with Rat Pack Records over them deleting some of his videos.
0: It was Bisto Blanco, right? Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, Ron posted some. uh, Yeah, it was Bisto Blanco was doing. They played like two new songs off their upcoming record at a show he was at. And he he posted the video of it and Rat Pack Records had a shit fit over it. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ron had a shit fit over their shit fit.
2: Yeah, uh, and it was really a little of both, you know. It was like they were saying, look, you know, these were new songs. They're not even released yet. You know, we don't want them out there. And Ron's going, I don't get paid for doing this, you know. I do this because I love rock and I love Bisto Blanco. So, yeah. you know, they're both kind of like, fuck you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and we haven't heard from Ratback Records ever no, since. But that's you know, okay.
2: And everybody's intentions were good, but I yeah, that so one got right. a little out of hand that time.
0: It did. I mean, it, it, the Ron's point I still kind of agree with. It's like you know, it, he was in there with hundreds of other people that were recording that stuff on their phones. What's the difference, you know? Right. If we put it out or if they do, but I guess we're a respected media outlet, so okay. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs>
2: that's us. Yeah. Respected. Well,
0: that's the only argument you can make otherwise. I yeah. mean, because well, it's like.
2: Ron made us respected, so I guess that's yeah. it, it's his own fault.
0: Although I remember calling him and talking to him off the ledge <laughs> that yeah, morning. I, I, I remember was like,
2: talking to him that time, yeah, too.
0: I was like, you need to calm down, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, right. um, yeah. Oh, boy. Well, I'm
2: not going to calm down. I'm oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> he, he was dug in on that. God bless you, Ron. We miss you so much. Yeah,
2: man, I miss him a lot. I (laughs) I saw that today, and I read his big, long post from that day, and it's like hard to believe that was only three years ago.
0: I know. Time goes by so fast now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: I was talking to somebody the other day. I was like, Rockin' Pod was up, what, like eight months ago? Wow. And it it feels like it was two years ago.
2: Yeah, it kind of does. It's like it's
0: crazy. All right, so let's go out on a really positive note, okay?
2: Okay, good. I like that. A good feel-good story to wrap up the new noise today.
0: This is feel-good, wholesome, family-friendly. Megadeth's Dave Mustaine claims he peed on the floor of the White House bathroom, and he said, I had to do it.
2: Peed on the floor of the White House bathroom.
0: Yes, he did it in 1992.
2: Okay. So I guess my first question is, is, who the hell lets Dave Mustaine into the White House, and what was he doing there?
0: It says uh, he went to the White House in 92 with the Rock the Vote campaign for the Democratic National Convention coverage, made the outrageous claim while introducing the song Holy Wars during Megadeth's concert last night at Tucson. That's as of April 10th. He says, I want you guys to know that I've lived through a lot of different eras in the U.S. and seen different things, and one thing that makes me most proud of everything here in our country is you guys, the way that you are handling yourselves and the way that, as the metal community... There's a lot of people that go out there and they say things and they totally embarrass themselves, and I want you guys to know how proud I am to represent you. Oh, yeah. He continued, when I went up to the White House, I was so proud to be able to go up there and say, fuck you, you think we're stupid? We are not stupid, motherfuckers. By the way, when I went into the White House, I went into the Royal, whatever the fuck it's called, White House bathroom, and I peed on the floor. I had to. I had to. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, so I... Yeah, 92, Dave Mustaine pissed on the White House bathroom floor. <laughs> yeah,
2: I can dig the sentiment of it, but to actually have done it, that's wild.
0: And then it goes into all of his politics, and I'm not going to get into all that shit. Yeah. But um, I just thought it was a hilarious headline. <laughs> Jeez. I had to do it.
2: Yeah, don't invite Dave Mustaine <laughs> over to your house.
0: i like, going
2: to piss on the floor of the bathroom when you say, what the fuck are you doing? Why would you piss on the floor? He's going to be like, I had to do it.
0: Yeah, so if I Megadeth goes, to. if Megadeth goes back to the White House, somebody better hand him a, an adult diaper right away.
2: They're gonna be watching him now. Yeah. Hey, wait! I got one more thing.
0: Okay. It's
2: so important. It's so important. Ugly Kid Joe's coming out with a new album in 2022. Yes.
0: I didn't even hear about this.
2: Yep, I got my insiders telling me what's going on.
0: Any new, any anything really other than that? or do That's around? all I know. Is oh, that's, wow.
2: that's the word.
0: Is it an EP or a full record?
2: A full record, I'm told. Yes, I'm very excited for that. And then what? Follow it up with a big U.S. tour, right? You know what I'm saying.
0: Well, I tour here all the time. Why not?
2: Oh, yes. damn it. Ooh. <laughs> but at least we're getting new music. Well, since you I'm brought up Ugly that.
0: Good Joe, High Metal Mike. I know that's who gave you that information.
2: Hey, now, I've got more than one operative. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. Okay a whole network right on. So that's awesome. I'm going to get out of here. I got to go use the bathroom, but I'm actually going to pee in the toilet because my wife. Ain't going to hear me
0: going.
1: I had to do it. I just had to.
0: And I think you're going to be hearing new noises, like kind of a regular bonus episode going forward after this week.
2: Right on. Good deal. Just what you ever wanted. More decibel geek in your life. If you love us, Share this episode when it's released. The notification will come up on Facebook. The tweet will be there on the old Twitter under new ownership. Share the shit out of it just the same. (laughs) Get on out there and share what we're doing here on the Decibel Geek Podcast. No, it is under new
0: ownership. I know. I just wasn't going to get into that today. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I
2: I ain't saying nothing. I'm just saying it is. Yeah, that's true. And it don't make no difference. Share it up just the same or share it up even more. Free speech is alive for you to share and retweet the Testable Geek podcast.
0: Just don't pee on the bathroom floor.
1: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.